Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 135, Countdown to Extinction. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. What do you want to say? We're talking about rides that are no more. Rides that are extinct, rides that are not available at Walt Disney World anymore. And we got 17 of them for you tonight. So I'm excited for for everyone to give us feedback and then also for for Tom and Pete to, well, for Tom to be positive and, and for Pete to poo-poo it. I, I don't feel like I poo-poo everything. Hey, and we're, we're going to do this a little bit different. We're not ranking these or anything. We're just going to go through and talk about them. Uh, I, I don't... I don't know that there's any benefit to try to rank in these because they're, every one of these is so different and they all existed during different time periods and they were, they're different things, right? I mean, you, you can't compare an extraterrestrial alien encounter with sounds dangerous. It would just be foolish to try to do so. So we're just going to go through these. We're going to talk about them. And then I think we're going to talk about uh, if we wish they were back or not. So we're going to skip the news this week. There's really not a whole lot of consequence to report. So let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay. Let's get started with the uh, with the rides. I, I, you know, I was reading through this list and I miss a lot of these. So the first ride I want to talk about is Maelstrom. Now, this was obviously replaced by Frozen Ever After, which I've been down about in the past. But I recently went back and watched a Maelstrom ride-through video. This ride was not good. Matt, you and I rode this ride like three or four times the last time we went to Disney. And... You know, I, th- I think I'm very nostalgic for this ride, but it just wasn't very good. It's not the best ride, and honestly, like, it was never a ride that I really enjoyed. But Pete was pumping this thing up so much. He's like, know, come on, Matt, I let's know. go. I mean, this was what, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that he didn't have, like, the outcry he did for Maelstrom that he did for the great movie ride. Because he was pumping this up. I was like, Pete, it's it's a very boring water ride. What do you I, want out I, of this? I guess, I guess that I thought... Like, like, I don't know. I just, I was mad that they replaced this with Frozen and, but it, it really wasn't that great of a ride. I, and I think I like the fact that you could, 
you could get off this, walk through the theater and get right back on the ride and ride it again. And I can remember doing that many, many times when I was a child, but it just wasn't that great of a ride. Frozen is overall a, a much better ride. Yeah, I agree with, with what you guys are saying. I, you know, I think uh, we've talked about this on the podcast. I know we've talked about it off the podcast too. We all remember attractions as maybe better, maybe better than they were, maybe worse than they were in, in some cases. Maelstrom is one of those that I think we we have given too much credit to. And I, I will say, pretty distinct memory for Maelstrom. Enjoyed the attraction. Obviously, love the part where you go down the uh, down the slope backwards. I think Frozen is a much better attraction, and I'm one that was concerned about Frozen being put into Norway. I still think as it relates to the World Showcase, there's some some conflict there. But if we're talking strictly attractions, this is a ride that's no more, but it's a ride that I think Disney improved on. So I feel I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I, I just remember you are not the first to pass this way, nor will you be the last. I, I totally agree with you guys. I mean, I, I think Disney definitely upgraded. And yeah, I don't know. There's much more to say there, fellas, but sounds dangerous with Drew Carey. And this was in Hollywood Studios, and it was one of those attractions where, you know, during this COVID world, you would never be able to do it. They'd probably find a way to social distance for it. But here's one question I have. Yeah, Matt's Matt's making the making the hand signals for the for the headphones you had to wear. But guys, did, was anyone else surprised to see this ride was around from 1999 to 2012? I didn't realize it was there 13 years. I liked it. I think it was better used as this is where Path of the Jedi is, right? I don't think so, Pete. I think this is where this is very near where Frozen Singalong is, right? I can't Here, remember. Here's a fun argument. I mean, I, I know Pete's probably Googling it right now, but this was I'm, one that I thought was funny. But like if we're talking about tapping into the senses, don't we like journey to imagination better? Like just go to Epcot and do it. No, no, no. This is much better at, at capturing I mean, this was a lot better than Journey into Imagination at utilizing your sense of sound. Yeah, 100% sound. But I think Tom's talking about senses in general. Um, I mean, for me, when I remember this ride, I remember putting those like those headphones on and walking into the attraction. You were kind of like in this big kind of, I don't know, just like gathering area, I guess. Yeah. And, and like Tom's showing a picture now, but I feel like it was like right across from the dinosaur um, in Hollywood Studios. It was. That's where I remember it anyway. Like across from Indiana Jones. Yeah. But but it is it, it is where Path of the Jedi was, and, and it's now the uh, Mickey Shorts Theater. Sure, yeah. And I remember this attraction, though, being like, it was fun, but it was never something I wanted to do multiple times. And after the first time, I mean, you kind of just like, okay, so if, if you if you never re- like went on this attraction, you walk into like kind of a theater, you put some headphones on, and then what you're basically doing is hearing Drew Drew Carey kind of go through life or a, a day of Drew Carey and you can't see anything, you know, it's completely dark, completely black. And you just hear about him, like buggies hitting him. And he was a, uh, he was a private detective. Yeah. He, he was like, he was a spy and he was a very bad spy and you could hear how bad he was based on, you know, everything there. But yeah, I mean, this is number, I don't want to say 16 on our list, but we're going from 17 to number one. I don't think we need to spend much more time on Sounds Dangerous. I don't think we'd all want it to come back. I think that's where we need to focus this episode's energy. So we said Maelstrom, we're okay with it not coming back. Sounds Dangerous, probably okay with it not coming back. Now here's one okay I think. not coming back. Here's one I think we're going to have maybe a disagreement about, just because I know Matt's love for it. 
The American Idol experience. It was in Hollywood Studios. It was a pretty short-lived show, 2009 to 2014. I think I think it's a stretch to call this an attraction. What do you want to call it? I, you can call it what you want, but I, it's a no for me, Randy. Well, we don't need you anymore, Kevin. <laughs> we don't need you anymore, Kevin from Shark Tank. You're out, Matt. Matt, what do you think about this? So for me, like a, a big attraction here was you know I was somebody that was interested in you know in the arts and also just being on stage and in theater, and it was a lot of fun for me to hear people sing songs that maybe I'd never heard before. And it was something that I did, you know, for a couple hours a day because I enjoyed, you know, hearing people sing things that I'd maybe never heard or sing a better version. I can honestly tell you, I don't remember this being there. No recollection. I think I went through this one time. And and this this is where Frozen is now. This this was in the maybe. theater where Frozen is now. No, I'm I mean, telling you it is. So so I went to Disney World in 2009, 2010, both both years. And then obviously Went went like four or five, maybe six years without going. I don't remember this, so I'm trusting that you're saying that. What was it? I mean, was it? You it I mean, it was literally like people got up and sang. And I'm and I'm going to tell you this attraction. No for me, Simon. No for me. Okay, so it's a no for me too. Yeah, for me, it's definitely a no, and it's because like, I mean, Tom, I know you like the American Idol, and I maybe not the American Idol experience, but you watch American Idol from time to time. I mean, you're the person that got me and my wife back into it. So I do enjoy watching people go on stage and, you know, just perform. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I do remember that these folks were not very good. And the the talent that was actually, you know, when I say talent, like the people that were judging, the people that were the host, I could tell they were trying to just get through their day. They didn't really enjoy what they were doing. So for me, like, it's a lot of fun to hear people sing and do all of that, but it's a it's a no for me, dog. Nice, Randy. Nice, Randy from American Idol. There, I would uh, I would tell you that I, I'm a big fan of American Idol, and I hate that, that this wasn't very successful. The one that I think will have conflicting reports on is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play it. This was also in Hollywood Studios, 2001 to 2006. And interestingly enough, I have a way better memory of this than I do the American Idol experience. Primarily because I know Matt had a lot of interest in, in pin trading, and that was an aspect of this. But I loved, well, first off, I still watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but I loved Who Wants to Be a Millionaire play it in Hollywood Studios because for some reason, as as a young child, I thought I'd be the best, I'd win the million, you know, the million dollar pin, which obviously I would not. I, I would need a phone or friend, I would call my mom. But let's talk about that a little bit. And I'm interested to see if anyone wishes it was still in Hollywood Studios. So for me, like there was a big thing about the pin, the pin trading aspect of it. And, you know, randomly, you might find a Disney cast member who had a, you know, 100, 200, 1000, 2000, you know, whatever dollar range you can think about. Because every time you got a question right in this particular attraction, you got a pin that showed you got it right. So if you won the million, like I, I don't, I can't remember how much money you actually won. Was there a, a money you won? I can't remember, but but for me it was the pin trading, like Tom talked about. Like I enjoyed that. I enjoyed trying to find pins that, you know, if I could have found a million dollar pin, that would have made my entire trip. Um, I mean, it's like any other game show. You know, you watch it and you enjoy it, and you know, you try and beat the contestant. But I, I think it's fine that it's not here anymore. And this was replaced by Toy Story Midway Mania. 
just to give you an idea. So <laughs> which which would you rather have? Well, I don't want to do it that way. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I still think it could fit in Hollywood Studios, but I'm with you. I mean, I'd rather have Toy Story Mania. Well, when you talk about like what could fit what or what could fit in Hollywood Studios, of course, like anything could fit. Like anything like this could fit. American Idol could fit. Um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire could fit because it's a game show. The old Hollywood Studios. I don't know that it does anymore. Yeah, the old Hollywood Studios. I'll give you that for sure. All right, what's next, Pete? So next is Lights, Motor, Action, Extreme Stunt Show. And I, look, I, I miss this. I think this was really good. Again, I think this fit into the old Hollywood Studios. It doesn't necessarily have a place. And I would I would say the same thing about Indiana Jones. Doesn't really doesn't really have a place in the new Hollywood Studios anymore, right? Now, okay, so it's like it's nostalgia, right, Pete? Like this was what Hollywood Studios was, like you said, like the new Hollywood Studios. And I did enjoy Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show. It was from 2005, 2016, and it was cool to see cars just like fly in the air. You know, do 360s, do crazy things, and then see you know how actors actually do stunts. Obviously, you have stunt doubles, stunt doubles, but. This kind of just like fell in line with what Hollywood Studios was to me. It was like kind of like a backlot tour. And we're going to talk about that later. But this was like behind the scenes for me. And I don't know if I really need to have it back, but it was really cool when it was there. So I'll jump in here. I think this is very, it, it's, it hinges on the fact of what is Hollywood Studios going to be? If, if we're talking about like MGM of the past, absolutely I miss it. If we're talking about going a different direction in Hollywood Studios, and I and I hinted on this in our Patreon episode, not that I think it's going to become Star Wars Land, but I do. I wish they would just push it over and become Star Wars Land. Not that I'm a Star Wars fan, but they're kind of leaning that way right now. Anyway, I I think that this would would fit really really well if we had Hollywood Studios of old. I do think that this was an interesting attraction or or show. I think kids loved it. I think parents thought it was interesting. And I kind of miss it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'd rather have this over something else that's currently there. Because let's talk about, I mean, obviously the land that was bulldozed to to see what Hollywood Studios is now, we, we had to get rid of it. But I enjoyed Lights, Motor, Action. And I, and I think it was a really interesting show. Hollywood Studios as it is now, I think it's a no. But if we go back to the MGM days, I think it's a yes. Ellen's Energy Adventure. And this was in Future World and Epcot. And Pete, you know, do you know the years on this? Because I feel like it was kind of around and not around and around again. So it was, this started as Universe of Energy, which which opened with Hollywood Studio or MGM Studios uh, on opening day. So from 82 and, and was in operation. You mean Epcot? You know, until, yeah, I mean Ep- Epcot. Uh, yeah, Epcot. 80, yeah, duh. This opened with Epcot in 1982 as Universe of Energy. And was changed in 96 to Ellen's Energy Adventure. This was the longest show in the history of mankind. It was a 45-minute show. It was a complete waste of time. I mean, honestly, guys, I remember Ellen. I remember Bill Nye, the science guy. I remember they had a bunch of cameos in this. And, like, if you just needed, like, a time filler, like, you can't find that right now. <laughs> so so I'm going no, to disagree. I'm going to strongly disagree with you on this one. One... They didn't even let kids sit. They didn't even let kids sit down in the pre-show. Could not sit down at all. And there were no seats. It was standing room only. It was miserable. And and I'm not saying that. Like I I usually probably am too lenient on uh, lenient on with Disney, right? I I will 
go on their side for something. This was an awful attraction. And I don't speak like this unless it's Rivers of Light, which thankfully is gone. This was an awful attraction. It was an awful time waster. It was way too long and it wasn't comfortable. There are many times, you know, we've talked about Carousel Progress. Some people don't like it. I do like it. 20, 20, maybe 16, 25 minute show, somewhere in between there. Tops. But you can sit down and take a nap. Here, you cannot. Unless you can stand up sleeping like the guy from, you know, from Rat Race. You're not going to, you're not going to get it done here. So, no, I think this is no, I do not want this back. And I'm very excited for what they're bringing here. I like the Rat Race. (laughs) You know, I haven't thought of a Rat Race in a while, but. I mean, as a kid, Tom, like, I mean, you probably thought about it differently than me and Pete did. You're a little bit younger than us. Like, you felt like this was a 45-minute just exhaustion. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should bring this back. No. It, it was awful. Now, next on the list, so we had uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Fantasyland, Magic Kingdom, 71 to 98. Pete, I, I know you want to talk about it. I, I would 100% take this back over Pooh. I think that this was a better ride than Pooh. I don't, and, and that may be nostalgia talking more more so than anything. I think that uh, there, there was really no reason to take this out. What I remember about this ride was it was kind of bumpy. It was, I mean, it's similar to, to Pooh. Like, you know, you do have like a little tigger area. But what I loved about <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is it was a wild ride. You know, it wasn't something that, you could expect, and it was something different too, because at Disney you always had, you know, a Disney IP, and maybe Mr. Toad is technically Disney now. I don't know, but yeah, I don't mind Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and I definitely liked it better than you know Winnie the Pooh, which is currently there. So I have the unique perspective of not totally remembering this. I've watched it. I think uh, it's probably a better attraction, but but for me. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Winnie the Pooh, so I guess yes. If you got, I trust you guys. If you want to bring it back, we'll bring it back. So, um, next on our list, we had Snow White's Scary Adventure, also in Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom. We have a, a lot of dates here. I see Matt waving his hand. What do you want to say, Matt? Yeah. So with Snow White's Scary Adventure, this actually, you know, opened when the Magic Kingdom opened, and in 1971, this was an attraction that garnered her a lot of a lot of attention and the reason there's some hyphens here is because after 1994 they actually changed the ride to be less scary i have i i was not at disney before 1994 but i've heard that it was it was kind of scary and i mean i was even scared you know as a little kid going to this ride and i'm not going to say as an adult but you know this this attraction ended in 2012 but i mean pete's nodding his head like he might have been scared but well, I, I wrote it I wrote it at Disneyland, which is a little bit different experience. And, and I don't remember Magic Kingdom prior to ninety four. But uh but but yeah, apparently it was very scary. Yeah, it, it focused in a lot on the scary aspect of, you know, Snow White and I mean I don't think there was even like a reference to the seven dwarfs. I mean I actually did some research on this because I was curious. And it was a lot more of just Snow White, you know, having evil all around her. But, I mean, people loved it. It was one of the most popular attractions for a very long time. I mean, you look at this, you know, over 20 years. Um, I don't have a lot to say on this. I can say that I was kind of sad when it went away because this was an attraction that I kind of viewed in the same light as Peter Pan, for me at least. 
and it kind of took away, you know, a favorite movie from the past. And I understand, I understand why they got rid of it. Putting in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, like, there's really not a point to having it anymore, but they replaced it with, uh, Princess Fairy Tale Hall. So it's like, you're getting rid of an attraction, you're putting in a character meet and greet. Whatever you guys think about that, like, we're not going to tell you, you know, which way you should think. Um, the next one is Cranium Command. And guys, I don't know why, but this is actually like stuck in my memory for an attraction that I really enjoyed doing. And, you know, we're going to talk about another attraction that was in the same area a little bit later. But Tom, do you remember Cranium Command? Because this left in 2007. So I do. And, and I wanted to say on Snow White, before we, Snow White Scary Adventure, before we skipped here, this is one I, I think I'd like to keep if we also get Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So that, that's just a little caveat there. But Cranium Command is something that resonates with me. I have no idea why I remember it so well, but I do. I thought it was uh, a really fun attraction, especially the age that I was going to Disney to start. You know, my first trip to Disney was in 96, I believe, 97, something like that. And it was obviously there in Future World. I loved it. I was, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed that it closed because I've, I've kind of, I grew up and started to do different things. But Cranium Command always had a special, special spot in my, my heart. And we've talked on this podcast. I think all three of us have commented we would be okay if Cranium Command came back. So this would fall into like the yes, bring this back category for us. And for me, I actually watched Cranium Command again uh, recently before we did this podcast. And it's a funny video because, I mean, if you don't know what Cranium Command is, it goes through like a, what be like an eight-year-old, ten-year-old's day. And it's like all how the body like works to, you know, create like a productive day. So you have the brain talking to the stomach and you have the left brain and the right brain. And then you have, you know, just everything in between, like however you think your body works. Like that's what Cranium Command was. And I encourage you to go look this up on YouTube because it, it is a very fun video. And we actually had some famous people in there as well. So Disney always does a good job with getting folks in. I, I guess the problem with this attraction was that where it was located, you know, it was all the way in the back of the Wonders of Life Pavilion. So, I mean, a lot of people didn't ever see it and didn't know it was there. And I think that that contributed a lot to it, it not it not being very I don't want to say it wasn't popular because it was very popular with, with, with Disney World fans, but you know, you didn't see the wait times for Cranium Command like you would saw for, say, a Body Wars. Yeah, of course. So anyway, I, I think I think that this, yeah, absolutely could come back. Uh I think that we've we've talked about Inside Out and this attraction a decent amount. So I, I think this works really well as a as an inside out attraction. One of the things that I like a lot here is that you could bring this back with more technology and it would be fantastic. It'd be so much better than it was back in the day. And I think you'd see a lot of people that love Disney and love, you know, you know, past Disney attractions really embrace it. But moving on to the, to the next attraction on our list. And, you know, Tom, I don't know if you remember this. I know Pete probably does. And I definitely do. Do you remember the Skyway in Fantasyland? So I definitely don't, and, and I'll lean to you guys to is this a, is this a yes we want it back or no we do not. We've got the Skylander now. I don't I don't think that this it, it was a good I guess overhead view of the park, but I'm I'm glad it's gone. Disneyland's went through the Matterhorn, which is kind of cool. Disney World's didn't really do anything. 
it was from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland, and it kind of worked as a ski lift. So you got on and you took your ski lift to you know the next mountaintop, which in this case was Tomorrowland or back to Fantasyland, whichever way you came from. And it it didn't really. I mean, I, Pete. I mean, can you remember? I don't think it was even like fifty feet in the air. Like you were pretty low to the ground. It wasn't super high, and it just cluttered up. Uh, it cluttered up the skyline of Magic Kingdom. It really. It, it's one it. of those things that I don't. I don't think we need to bring back at all. Um, another thing that I'll go and throw this out. I don't think we need to bring back is twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Um, this was nineteen seventy one to nineteen ninety four. This isn't an attraction that I actually remember going to. I don't know if Pete, you've been there. I, I know Tom, just based on his age, never went there. But when I was little, I really did think I was in a submarine. But I think that that kind of drops off once you get past five or six years old. So I'm fine not having it. I I thought that this was a fantastic ride. Um, it was. Uh, I, I really do miss this. This is one of the earliest memories that I have of Disney World. Was uh, was riding Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. And you know, going through and, and seeing some of the um, some of the animatronic fish and crabs and, and that kind of stuff, and then of course you've got the uh, attack of the giant squid. It's, spoiler, um, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Even though this has been gone for a while, I, I thought that this was a really really cool ride. From what I remember, this was really really difficult for Disney to to maintain. Like it was really expensive. For Disney to maintain, and then it didn't hold a whole lot of people. When they when they closed this, there was there was kind of a backlash. They they closed it for maintenance, and they didn't tell anybody that hey, this is it. And uh, and then it just never reopened. So kind of like uh, what you call it, Stitch's Great Escape, where it 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 closed for maintenance and it never reopened. But I really did like this ride. This has been replaced by. Uh, uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and uh, Ariel's Grotto, I think, kind of. Well, it's probably more. It's probably more Ariel, Ariel's Grotto. But I'll tell you that this is one I don't. I do not remember. Obviously, didn't go to Disney until '96, '97. I've watched a ton of videos on it. I have read about it. Pete is definitely correct. From at least what I've read, they did do away with this because of the maintenance level. Now, here's a question I don't know the answer to. I'll throw it out. Maybe a listener has it. Maybe maybe Peter Matt knows. Did they? How do you evacuate somebody off this? Because you're actually underwater. Well, yes and no. I mean, it was kind of like a glass bottom boat in which the so bottom of the boat low. was underwater. Yeah. So you were you were under the water, but not really far under the water. So I mean, you could you could eva- I never got evacuated off it. You could you could evacuate it pretty easily. I think. So going to the next attraction, we, we have Honey Eye Shrunk the Audience, Future World Nepcot, 94 to 2010. Guys, I love this attraction. I love this attraction. This one was so like real life for me because I watched those movies so many times that like me getting shrunk down, like I completely forgot that I was in a theater with other people. The 3D stuff, I mean, it, for the time was fantastic, fun. And I remember that just like, wow. <laughs> I wanted to do it multiple times, back to back to back. It was like your favorite movie. You just want to keep watching it. So this is one that, that I know that what they have there now, they they had Mickey Shorts films last time I was at Disney World. I say that like it's been a long time. If if they have changed it since then, I am uh I'm not in the know. Well they I mean they they need to bring Captain EO back. Or this. And Captain EO is the next one on our list. 
I, both of these were fantastic. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and Captain EO were, were both great. Well, you think about Captain EO, and I think it kind of set the stage for um, the It's a Bug's Life attraction. I think Captain EO kind of set the stage for that because you had something that kind of manipulated you, moved you, and you felt it, you know, like 4D. And the same thing with Captain EO. Like, you had, like, shakes and movement, and the entire theater was moving. It wasn't like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, you actually had stuff moving around you. So I, I'm I'm making a weird face because obviously I don't I wasn't alive for this one. <laughs> for, well, uh, Captain so, EO came back after uh, after Honey I Shrunk the Audience closed. I mean, you can bring it back as many times as you want to. I don't think you're ever going to capture the same nostalgia that we had as kids, like you know, saving a planet, saving a universe, and you know, Michael Jackson was at the top of his game then. It, well, there were I mean, it, there were some high profile. Like I think it was um, who directed that? I think. I know James Horner. James Horner wrote the music. I think Francis Ford Coppola directed. Yeah, he did. Captain EO and, and George Lucas like co-produced it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a I big mean, it deal. was it was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, but aside from that, like you know, please go back and watch on YouTube, y'all. Um, watch Captain EO. Watch Honey I Shrunk the Audience. But we talked about this particular attraction earlier. The Studio Backlot Tour at Hollywood Studios actually was from 1989 when the park opened to 2004. And I, I know you all remember Catastrophe Canyon. I, I remember this. I remember parts of this. I, it's it's tough. Like, I remember the, uh, was it Catastrophe Canyon? Was that what it, what it was called? Yeah, where you had, like, you were on a rail, rail, rail car or you were on something that, like, started moving back and forth. And it was in, like, kind of an avalanche earthquake situation. And, and I, I get this confused with Universal Studios' backlot tour in yeah. also – because I went on at the same time. I remember half of this was was a tram and half of it was walking. Exactly. I do remember that. Uh, and you had the Streets of America back there. What what else did you go through? What else did you go through on the tram? When this actually started, it was trying to be very similar to maybe Universal or, you know, we're actually going to take you through, you know, movie scenes. Like movie scenes that are being recorded, being, you know, shot right now. And it kind of faded over time. But then, so they started taking on the tram and you would go through, you know, the seamstress or the costume area and you'd see costumes that were being made for a movie. But I think like the biggest issue with this is like you went from actually being like on like a, a studio backlot tour, like where you're watching like, you know, a movie being filmed or, you know, a movie area that was about to be filmed. And I think that's where they kind of lost a lot of its luster for me, at least. Um, and I, I used to look forward to Catastrophe Canyon because, you know, you had like a movie scene where they are actually shooting water up at you. They were doing what a movie scene would do, which was a lot of fun. Like it made you feel like you were in the movie. And and this was a, this was a long tour too. This was like 40 minutes, right? Yeah. I don't remember the runtime on it, but I, I know I remember that, that this was exactly what like old Hollywood studios, MGM should be. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I can remember my mom watching the Golden Girls show. I believe that's what it was called, right? And the house was on this tour. So it kind of, it kind of, or at least maybe a replica, I don't know, maybe a replica of the house, but whatever. It, it seemed like we were really seeing behind the scenes movie things, which if you go back to MGM's core, this fit really, really well. And when they were actually filming movies and TV shows at, MGM Studios, like it, it worked because you actually went through 
where they were making costumes and, and once they Disney phased that out, there there wasn't really anything to uh anything to look at anymore. And you know, so I I mean I remember writing this right before it closed with my wife and I, I, I can remember the, the the beginning where they would pick volunteers and put them in kind of a movie scene and then you'd get on the tram. I mean it was long. I don't I don't remember exactly how long it was. Tom, I think sixty minutes. So I, I just I just Googled. So you know, it's Google's fault if we're wrong, but it says sixty minutes. I do remember it being long, but I thought that I thought that Ellen's Energy Adventure was longer. So I, I thought it was like more in the thirty minute time frame. Maybe it was sixty minutes. Now that I think about it, could you opt out after? Could you opt out after? Well, the the tram ride was the last part. So like, yeah, maybe you could walk like opt out of walking around, but I don't think you could back in line for the tram. Um, one thing to repeat that like you know a lot of young folks might not remember is. At this time, like it doesn't seem like it, but Disney and Universal were competing a lot. And at Universal Studios, you actually had Nickelodeon, you had live action stuff where Disney was trying to do something similar. And that I think really that's where Hollywood Studios came about, but also the Backlot Tour. Well, yeah, this park was Michael Eisner's attempt to directly compete with Universal Studios. I mean, and Hollywood Studios opened prior to Universal Studios opening. Because Michael Eisner basically undercut Universal Studios and found out that they were building a park and said, oh, we're going to do that. So, yeah, it was definitely a studio park. And, and we get back to that you know, old MGM Studios versus where Hollywood Studios is now argument. And, and this fit, again, this fit the old Hollywood Studios. Does it fit the new? Probably not. And, you know, I think it's the time to move forward here. We're going to get Epcot, which Walt Disney kind of felt like this is going to be the – the world of the future. And let's go to Body Wars because Body Wars is something we've kind of hinted at, talked about earlier. And if you guys have never ridden Body Wars before, it's very similar to Star Tours. Like it's the exact same kind of ride vehicle. It's just a different experience. And this particular ride took you through the human body trying to save someone that needed help. And you had red blood cells and white blood cells and kind of attacking things that, you know, you wouldn't really be able to do if you weren't a doctor, but it also took you down to like what a molecular level. Like you went into this, this ride vehicle and you were less than the size of an inch and you were going around the body trying to help, help make everything work. And this was in the same area as Cranium Command, correct? Yeah. And this was the more popular ride of the two, uh, in the, in the, uh, Wonders of Life Pavilion. I, I'm okay that this is gone. We, we have, uh, you know, we have Star Tours, literally the exact same ride. Star or Star Tours has, you know, has the Star Wars franchise tied to it. So I, I think it, uh, I think it does a whole lot more. Body Wars was good, but it was good in 1989. Would it still stand up in 2020? No, I don't think so. So this is one I actually initially said we would say yes, we want this back. But I guess... Cranium Command is the one we wish we had back. I mean, I, I remember Body Wars. You know, I think you're attacking a Splinter, correct? So Body Wars is very Star Tour-ish, and I'm already over Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. So maybe, maybe I would be over Body Wars. Maybe, maybe this is a no. Right now, I'm going to put it in the eh, maybe kind of category. But uh, yeah, Peach, probably a good point. I mean, it basically is a motion simulator. I mean, for me, it's a no. We just have so much better technology nowadays that we don't need this. So great movie ride. 
We don't even discuss this. This needs to be back. 100%. Get rid of Mickey's train wreck. Let's do it. Um, it's not called Mickey's train wreck for the record, but yeah, I like great movie ride. There's a place for it at Walt Disney World, especially in Hollywood studios. And, and it was, it was getting dated. Yes. The special effects didn't work. Yes. But it was still a great ride and it still has a place at Hollywood studios. So alien encounters, our last one here. I, you know, I agree with Pete that, that Great Movie Ride needs a return. I think we all agree there. We've heard enough about that. Shout out to Larry, who one of our, one of our Patreon members who has also said that Pete should just stop talking about the Great Movie Ride as a joke. No, I think Alien Encounter should should return. Tomorrowland, Magic Kingdom, 94 to 2003. Stitch's Great Escape's gone now, so we have the space, we have the room. Let's bring it back. Did this ride fit in, in Magic Kingdom? In the in the early to mid nineties, no, probably not. You know, it, it, Disney was struggling with its identity, dare I say. And but Disney needs rides like this now. Disney needs to draw in, I, I guess, more of the thrill seeker audience. So this ride to me would go over very well now, as opposed to. And people were scared of the extraterrestrial alien encounter back uh, back when it uh, when it opened. They were scared of it. They didn't know what they were getting into. They saw Disney as, oh, it's all Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. And this was scary for, uh, especially if you were a, uh, a young child or, you know, you didn't know what you were getting into. This was scary. So it, it didn't work back then. I think it kind of went over like a lead balloon, but I think it does now. Yeah, I think it could work, but I, I don't know. I mean, does it fit in Tomorrowland? Where, where does it fit? You know, let's just create a fifth gate and let's do that and- and, uh, and and do a villain's park or a scary park and throw alien encounter in there, you know? All right. Well, that was the list. That's the list. And, and one thing I want to point out, we had 17 attractions. And we talk about, did Disney do right or wrong when they changed an attraction? 10 of 17, we had as yeses. We would like them to return. Light to Motors Action, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Snow White Scary Adventure, Cranium Command, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, Captain EO, Studio Backlot Tour, Great Movie Ride, and Alien Encounter, we'd like to return. So don't have to list the ones we don't want anymore because they uh, are gone and probably gone forever. All right. Well, secret and trivia question of the week. What do we got? Secret of the week. Frontierland was a concept of Mr. Walt Disney himself. Did you know that? Walt was a major driving force behind the creation of Frontierland at Disneyland and Disney World. Obviously, the concept was taken. So Frontierland, uh, it's an experience that our story, where the stories, where we capture a story from the country's past, the color, romance, and drama of Frontier America, as it's developed from wilderness trails to roads, riverboats, railroads, and civilization. It's a tribute to the faith, courage, and, and uh, ingenuity of our hardy pioneers who blazed the trails and made the progress possible. That's actually a quote from Walt from 1955. We took that uh, from Disneyland to. Disney World, so Walt had quite uh, quite a hand in, in developing Frontierland. Going to the trivia question of last week, I asked you, what were the opening day attractions at Tomorrowland? So Tomorrowland was open in October 1st, 1971 at Magic Kingdom and Disney World. The land was opened unfinished, actually. A lot of room to grow, which we've seen today. It had two attractions in it. Do you know the two attractions, Pete? I don't. What were they? It was the Grand Prix Raceway and the Skyway to Fantasyland. So this land didn't offer a lot for guests. And obviously it has now turned into a land of tomorrow, which it needs to kind of catch back up on. But that's uh, that's just kind of an idea of what we saw in 71. 
So going to trivia question of this week, open attractions for Frontierland. What were they? You can tweet us at Mendu WW Podcast or email us at Mendu WW at gmail.com. Again, what were the opening day attractions in Frontierland? So keeping a really similar theme and uh, just seeing if you can. I'll give you one hint. It opened with three attractions. There's your hint. All right. Well, anything else? That's it for me. All right. That's all we have this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Mendu WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. Enjoy the podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.